Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Screen Facts with Jason Davis. And she's back, and better than ever, my spectacular wife, Sue. Thank you, honey. Yeah. (laughs) So, once again, we are going to talk about a uh, fantastic movie from the 1980s. In fact, uh, it recently celebrated its 30th anniversary. How can that be? Because the mid-80s were not 30 years ago, were they? Because that would mean that we're... Shh. Let's not talk about that. But this movie... Uh, again, it doesn't seem like 30 years ago. I know, and it stands the test of time wonderfully. And that, again, is because of great writing and a great story and a great cast and great direction and great everything. I'm talking about the 1985 classic, The Goonies. The Goonies are good enough. Good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Goonies released June 7th, 1985. June 7th, by the way, was officially declared Goonies Day by the mayor of Astoria, where the movie was filmed during uh, the 25th anniversary celebration in 2010, Astoria, Oregon. Yes, and I want to go there because apparently there's a whole tour you can go on. You can go in the house. They've really made a great tourist attraction out of it. That's cool. I wonder if they still have the Rube Goldberg machine Oh, I wonder. that opens the gate in the front. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. So uh, the film is directed by Richard Donner, who uh, has done quite a few big movies, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Written by Steven Spielberg, he wrote the story, and Chris Columbus wrote the screenplay. The film stars Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, Jeff Cohen, Corey Feldman, Kerry Green, Martha Plimpton, and Jonathan Key Kwan. And there's some supporting people, too, that are also very good. Amazing. Yep. Ian uh, Ramsey, mm-hmm. Joey Pants. Yeah, Joey Pants. Uh, <laughs> Joe Pantoliano, who's a great character oh actor. He's done a lot yep. of stuff. And uh, Robert Davi as well. Yes. The movie was filmed from October of 1984 through March of 1985. An estimated budget of $19 million. It grossed $61.3 million in the U.S. Kind of um, moderate numbers for a movie that is this timeless, if you ask me. Yeah, I guess so. And just a great, fun movie. Oh, it's it's one of my favorites. It really is. It really is. And definitely something that uh, you can enjoy with the whole family. Yeah. I think... Kids of all ages can really uh, relate to this. Oh, sure. But yet another movie, when we were watching it recently to prepare for the podcast, where we're going, kids would never do this nowadays. No, they wouldn't. They would just Google everything. Yeah. And, you know. The premise of the movie is that a group of kids are trying to save their hometown from being taken over by the rich uh, jerks in town who want to just build a country club all over their houses and stuff. They want to knock down their houses and build a country club. And so they go out on a search for this buried treasure. Yeah, they stumble across the map, literally. Right. right. And decide to go follow it. Yeah, and the idea that a group of kids are going to find this treasure map and actually try to find the treasure. Like, kids nowadays, they, they don't have that sense of adventure, probably. No, I don't even know if half of them would even go outside anymore <laughs> exactly <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and actually the mom says to the older brother brandon don't let michael out because right. of his asthma right. and it's raining and don't let him get off the porch and right, exactly. you know when there's mikey leading the gang right exactly with his limp with lungs his, is, that, is that what he calls <laughs> that little inhaler yeah his brother calls him uh, limp, limp lungs, lungs. <laughs> so um the group of kids calls themselves the Goonies, and they have uh, an actual oath. I know. That but wasn't... they didn't say it in the movie. No, it was not in the film. Yeah. It was cut out of the film. But for, for those of you who are curious what the oath is, it goes something like this. I will, I will never, never betray, betray my goondock friends. friends. We, we will stick, stick together, together until the whole world ends. Through heaven and hell and nuclear war, good pals like us will stick like tar. In, in the city or in the country, or, or the, the forest, or, or the boonies, I am proudly declared a fellow goonie. Oh, 
we now, took uh, we'll give you, funny? We did. Uh, we'll give you guys a minute to just <laughs> wipe the vomit from your face <laughs> after that. That was kind of disgusting. Sorry about that. I liked it. <laughs> In the beginning of the movie, there's a big car chase when the one Fratelli breaks out of jail. Right. And there's a black and white movie that Mouth is watching on the TV. Right, right. After the, um, with his dad's working on the plumbing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That scene is from Some Like It Hot that was directed by Billy Wilder. That was actually a Marilyn Monroe That movie. was a Marilyn Monroe movie, yeah. right? Yeah, I think yeah. Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, um, when we do go to Astoria, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we will, mm-hmm. I think part of it is you can um, see that whole route that the cars took oh, really? through town. In the opening, in the very beginning, each kid in the Goonies is somehow in the area where the car goes past. Oh, that's you know, true. like um, Martha Plimpton's character is that's like right. sticking her head in a barrel. Yeah, what was that all about? She's like bobbing for bobbing crabs. Bobbing for crabs or something. I don't know. It's kind of odd. But but all of them, all yeah. of them, the the cars drive by them. That's true. And Chunk is in the uh, in the pizza place. Yeah. And he squishes the pizza oh, and the, sh- and the shake drink. against the window yeah. and all over himself. Chunk. <laughs> it really grabs you right away with the with the car chase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you're not really sure what's going on. That's true. In the beginning. If you because know, think back to the very first time you saw it. Yeah, it's it literally starts in the jail cell. Right. Where uh He fakes uh, hanging himself. Yeah, Jake Fratelli fakes hanging himself. Mm-hmm. And he gets out and mm-hmm. Joey Pants is pouring the gasoline all around the courthouse and right. gets him on his foot. Right. And doesn't set himself on fire miraculously. Suspension you know what's interesting of too? Disbelief. Yeah. When Jake Fratelli knocks the guard out, yeah. he climbs down from the uh, the apparatus that he has him yeah, know, like he's hanging on. Yeah, it's like a pipe, so yeah. he doesn't actually hang himself. Yeah. And then he, as he's leaving, he gently puts the pipe next to the guard and walks out rather yeah. than just dropping it. Yeah. Which I always thought was interesting. <laughs> like, if you're in a hurry, you're breaking out of jail. Drop you're not the really, pipe. Yeah, it's drop okay. the pipe and run, dude. Ooh, are you afraid of making noise? Yeah, right? <laughs> Anne Ramsey is so oh good as the gosh, mother. Oh my gosh, I love her. Oh, There's yep. a couple of really funny um, screen facts mm-hmm. involving her, which yeah. we'll talk yeah. about in a minute. But yeah, I mean... So you, you know, start off watching it and you're thinking, okay, so these people are getting out of jail and they're driving past kids. Yeah. Where's it going? Yeah. And then uh, the kids all end up at, at Mikey's house. Right. And, and then you find out that they're all buddies for a long time and they're like this little gang of buddies. Yeah. And and then it looks like they're um, going to be losing their homes right. because the uh, the rich prick in town wants to, you know, knock down all the homes and build, right, and build a, a you know, club. a country club. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out a way to, to save the town. Yeah. Or at and, least save their homes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And Sean Astin's character, Mikey, says, mm-hmm. oh, dad will figure out a way to make this work. And, and his older brother says, yeah, if he gets his next, you know, 4,000 paychecks all at once. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. So, um, according to Sean Astin, he was allowed to keep the treasure map that was used in the film. Several years later, his mom in real life, Patty Duke, discovered it. She thought it was just a crinkled piece of paper, and she threw it in the garbage. Oh, my gosh, Mom. Mom. <laughs> oh, this is why you have to be careful. If you're allowed to keep a prop, yeah. where are you going to put it? Frame it. Do something Frame with it. Frame it. Absolutely. But the production designer on the film, J. Michael Riva, said in an NPR interview that before shooting the first scenes with the prop map, he thought it looked good, but not old enough. Yeah. So he was in his hotel room, and he aged it with some coffee, and when he couldn't find paint, he actually used his own blood on the map. So you hear people saying, oh, I put a lot of hard work into that, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. He literally <laughs> used his own blood oh, to boy. make the map. Boy, he's devoted to his art, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's, that's an artiste right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because when you think about it, um, any set or any props like that that have to look old all have to be aged. Right. You know, so all the stuff in their attic was probably brand new stuff that they put in an attic and then they had to cover it with dust, put the cobwebs on it. I'm just going to compliment you really quick. You're really good at that sort of thing. Well, thank you. You know, when we did the Pitch Perfect podcast 
month or two ago, whatever mm-hmm. it's been now, we talked about your background in theater. Right. And you've had to do that. You've had to take props and make them look older. Yeah, exactly. By the way, Sean Astin uh, wasn't the only person involved with this film that got to keep uh, a prop from the film. That's right. That's right. Richard Donner, the director, kept uh, both one-eyed Willie's heads (laughs) (laughs) and a model for the ship as well. Wow, yeah. Yeah, And speaking of the ship, one-eyed Willie's pirate ship was entirely real, which is very interesting. Nowadays, you know, a lot of that stuff is probably done with CGI, Mm -hmm. but... Back in the mid-80s, they built things, which was kind of cool. The Inferno was 105 feet long and took two and a half months to construct. It was modeled after Errol Flynn's ship in the Seahawk, a film from 1940. And I wonder if that's the film. I think that's the film that Sloth is watching. That Sloth is watching, right? Yeah, yeah, because he uses the same technique of the knife Knife down the the sail to get down. The sails required more than 7,000 square feet of material. The largest measured 30 feet by 60 feet, and some of the ship's rigging was recycled from the Pirates of the Caribbean ship at Disneyland, which was being renovated at the time. Smart move. All the shots were filmed in the ship after the film. It was offered to anyone who would take it. No one wanted it, so they ended up having to scrap it. Where are you going to put it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I would take it, but where are you going to put it? Yeah, that's true. I guess... In yeah, the backyard? I don't know. pirate ship, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although, if you had kids, you could make like a whole fort thing out of it. Yeah, you can have your own Goonies uh, thing in your backyard. Yeah. You'd have to have a pretty big backyard. Yeah, that's true. Uh, The cast was not allowed to see the ship before uh, any of the scenes were shot. Richard Donner wanted to catch their genuine reactions at the size and scope of it. And when they did see it, Josh Brolin, who plays the the older brother Bran, was so surprised that he exclaimed, Holy shit! (laughs) And, of course, the scene had to be reshot because they were going for, uh, Thanks, you know, Josh. something a little less uh, mm-hmm. obscene. Yeah. Although they do say shit in the movie. They it's do. not like, you know. A couple times. Yeah. Except for... Um, except for... Uh, except for... Jonathan Keith Data. Kwan. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he's in that scene where the rocks are falling from the cave ceiling. And he screams, holy S-H-I-T! And he said it because his mother made him promise not to use any bad language in the movie. Right. So he spelled it instead. So he spelled it. When the Fratelli brothers argue... By the way, Fratelli means brothers in Italian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're the brothers' brothers. The brothers' brothers. Yeah. So Anne Ramsey, who plays the mother, really slaps Robert Davi, and she was told to hit him as hard as she could. Was that where you noticed on the backswing that she uh, pulled Joey Pants' earbuds out? No, that's a little bit later oh, is that on. later? Yeah, there's a scene where she slaps Robert Davi, but when she swings... And she um, pulls back to do it and swings? Yeah, Joey Pants, uh, who plays right the there. other brother, yeah. he's has an, uh, he has a, I was going to say an iPod. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has a, a Walkman. Yeah, and a headset. Yeah, and, and like the, the, you know, the old style, yeah. the old Walkman style headphones. Yeah. And when she swings, she accidentally pulls the uh, the headphone <laughs> out of the jack. And, and you can see his face. Yeah, he wasn't he's expecting. Like, oh. And he starts to he starts to laugh. Yeah, he starts to he break starts a to break a little bit, but but he catches himself. Yeah. But but you can definitely see that he he almost lost it. That was it. funny. Very funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of things that happen in the movie that uh, are are mistakes like that. The funny thing is they go so fast you wouldn't notice. Exactly, if you're not paying attention or if you're not reading these facts. Exactly. Another one that's really funny too, Mm -hmm. there's a scene in the movie where Chunk breaks a cooler, a water cooler. (laughs) Right, right, and it's glass. Yeah, it's glass. Right around that scene, Mikey's trying to break through uh, the fireplace floor mm-hmm. because he feels like you know he can sense that there's a cave there yeah and he's got that poker yeah he's hitting with a with a fireplace yeah. poker and he hits it and you know it doesn't he can't break through and then he drops the poker right after that his brother brand yeah. played by josh brolin right you know grabs him and says you know come on mikey we're yeah. getting out of here yeah. and sean Aston actually calls him by his real name yeah. he calls him jo- he's like come on josh we can get down there 
So I mean, that's that's actually really funny. How and I did never that noticed stay that. in? I guess nobody noticed. Yeah, I never noticed it, and it was probably maybe they figured it, it happened so fast. That, yeah. That people aren't going to notice it, and it's not worth reshooting the scene yeah. because everything was like the energy was good yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you you watch that scene, you can clearly hear him call him Josh. It's that's really funny. Really funny. So one of the things that happens a couple of times in the movie is Robert Davi's character just starts breaking out into opera for no reason. Why not? Yeah. And you're like, why is he singing? <laughs> Turns out he's a trained opera singer. Yeah, that's and right. He, and he, I guess he wanted to, uh, he suggested, why not put that in the movie? Yeah, yeah. Poor sloth. Could you imagine being in a family like that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, how many of us feel like we have dysfunction in our families? <laughs> now, I know I do for sure, but, but no, man. No, who doesn't? But the two, the two of them, Those two brothers, and the I mean, mother—they're they, arguing over the pizza. They pull guns on each other yeah. <laughs> over like the last slice of pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom slapping them and yelling yeah. at them. And I mean, it, it's obviously you know ridiculous <laughs> what goes on, yeah, you know, yeah. between them. But and then, then you have sloth. Sloth is a great character. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. obviously he's he's a big part of the movie. Right, right. John Matusak. Yeah, uh, he was a football player. Right? He was a football player. In fact, um, he played for the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you'll notice in the movie too is that Sloth is wearing an Oakland Raiders T-shirt. That's right. That's right. And then later on in the movie, he rips oh, his shirt. Oh, that's right. He rips his shirt open and he's got the S for Superman there. Exactly. And that's actually a nod to another Richard Donner film. Because Richard Donner, as discussed in a prior podcast with Les Sinclair. I love that podcast. <laughs> directed Superman and Superman 2. Yeah. Or at least started directing Superman 2. Well, but that's a whole other story that you'll have another, to get. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to listen to that podcast yeah. to get that story. Yeah. But uh, Jama Tusak's makeup, the sloth makeup, took five hours to complete. One of the eyes which was out of place on his face. Did you know, he had, one? Yeah, he had like the whole yeah. kind of Picasso thing yeah, going yeah, on yeah. on his face. Uh, well, one of the eyes, the, the one that's uh, drooping, was mechanically operated off screen by remote control. And what they would do is they would do a countdown and then Matusak would blink his other eye in synchronization with that one. In fact, the cast was told not to get him wet in the scenes uh, outside of the pirate ship. Oh my ship. gosh, yeah. Unfortunately, he did get wet. It actually delayed filming for an entire day at one Yikes. point. Yikes. Yeah, so, well, you know, what are you going to... You got a cast of kids. Yeah, yeah. And all that water. How much water did they use? Oh, they used 900,000 gallons of water. Yeah, I mean, someone's going to get wet. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) And it's probably going to be the big guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The biggest guy out there. (laughs) So one of the great scenes in the movie is when the Fratellis capture Chunk. Oh, my gosh. And Oh, and she's going to stick his hand in the blender with the tomatoes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And they need his, him to his confess. His little chubby hands. Yeah. <laughs> and first of all, let, let's just talk about Chunk for a minute. Oh, How I... great is Jeff Cohen as oh that, as that character? Oh, my gosh. And you can't talk about Chunk without mentioning the Truffle Shuffle. No, that's right. Because if, if we don't at least talk about the Truffle Shuffle a little bit, I know there's going to be some pissed off uh, fans of this movie listening that's to right. the podcast. That's right. So apparently, <laughs> Jeff Cohen, actually, mm-hmm. after he was cast, got the chicken pox. Yes. But he showed up on set anyway right he's uh, like i'm not losing this gig that's right uh, i guess thankfully all the other kids must have had it already because in my neighborhood growing up when one kid on the block got chicken pox all the moms brought the other kids to just get there and get it over with yeah i mean as far as i know nobody else got them yeah on set but jeff cohen says if you look at his belly and the truffle shuffle you can see some of the pock marks oh, I, didn't, I didn't notice that i didn't i uh, yeah i know i gotta look at that have to again. Watch it again yeah i guess so <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, his his character is known for being kind of a pathological liar. Yeah, yeah. So he calls the sheriff's department to let them know about the Fratellis and you got to come help us, blah, blah, blah. And and the sheriff says, oh, this is like the time you called about the creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Right, right. That is a nod to Gremlins right, from 1984. Right. 
Uh, I mentioned before that Chris Columbus wrote the screenplay to this movie. Well, he also wrote Gremlins, and Steven Spielberg produced Gremlins. So right. both people uh, are involved in this movie as well. What a great time for movies that was, let me tell it you. It really was. Gremlins one year, Goonies the next. So fun. The Fratellis, they grab Chunk right. when he's, <laughs> he's trying to run away. And uh, <laughs> you're going to tell us everything we want to know. You're going to confess everything. <laughs> He's like, everything? Yeah, everything. Everything? Okay. So, <laughs> well, when I was three, I did yeah. this and that. So he, he admits to pushing his sister Edie down the stairs and blaming it on the, <laughs> the dog. dog. That's actually his real sister's That's right. name, Edie. Yes. And stealing his Uncle Max's toupee. Mm-hmm. He, well, he has an uncle named Max. Yeah, whether or not he In wears a toupee. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Only Max knows. Uh, so that big scene, you know, he's crying. In order to generate the tears for the scene, he thought of his mother dying. Aww. Aww. That's sad. That's sad, what these poor actor kids have to go through. Yeah, exactly. And then the basis for the theater story, where Chunk says he pretended to puke over the balcony, that was a real-life prank pulled by Steven Spielberg while growing up in Phoenix, Arizona. Very interesting. And I love that, that scene. That is hard. <laughs> that sounds like a really funny prank, it's, actually. Oh, it sounds disgusting. It's disgusting. He, but... he makes fake vomit and uh-huh. pours it over the balcony. <laughs> oh, he makes these <laughs> sounds. And then, and then everybody started throwing everybody. over the dinner. <laughs> and my favorite part of that scene is when Robert Davi, you know, he's got his arm around him. He's like, hey, mom, I'm really starting to like this kid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Chunk, um, also Jeff Cohen said, um, you know, because of his size, he usually got cast as that kind of a sidekick character. Right. And I think he originally auditioned for the part of Mouth. Another famous actor that also auditioned for that was Corey Haim. That's right. The other now, Corey. If you grew up in the 80s, you know, you know that Corey Haim and Corey Feldman were buddies and they did a lot of movies together. They hadn't met until this. They, they actually met during the auditions yeah. for this. And then, of course, they went on to do The Lost Boys in 87. Right. They became best friends. They did six more movies together. A side note about Haim, he played the title role in a 1986 film called Lucas, which also featured Carrie Green, who plays Andy in Andy. The Goonies. Andy! So like, I guess, you know, at this time, there were all these young actors. This was like the second Brat Pack almost, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. You know, the Brat Pack, of course, was like Rob Lowe, Judd Nelson, right. Emilio Estevez, Demi Moore. Right. Molly Ringwald. All the people that were in like all those John Hughes movies. Yeah, Breakfast Club. Breakfast and, Club yeah. and 16 Candles mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, but then there was like another, you another know. little group coming group around this time, yeah. Exactly. And the Quarries. I remember the Quarries. Yeah. I wasn't even that big into their stuff, but I, it was they were huge. They were they huge. They were all over like the teen magazines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so, that I ever had those. No, of course not. <laughs> So, um, you know, as the Goonies are making their way through the cave and they're trying to get through and find the, the rich stuff. Yeah, as they yeah. Call it, you know, they stumble upon all the uh, the different booby traps. And, you know, <laughs> foodie it's a booby tra- trap. What? It's, bo- it's booby traps. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> booby trap. <laughs> Data. <laughs> well, Mikey says it first, too. Yeah. They yeah, both, you know, there's a, a couple. Of, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's very cute. Well, Mikey misspeaks a lot. And yeah. they call him out on it. It's very funny. Yeah. It's a great, a great reoccurring joke. Yeah. They find Chester Copperpot. And Chester Copperpot, by the way, when they're in the attic and they first discover the map, there's also a newspaper article about oh, Chester right. Copperpot, you know, the, uh, the the guy who went after One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And was never found. And it never came out. Well, the newspaper article photo mm-hmm. of Chester Copperpot is an actor by the name of Keenan Wynn. Wynn was the guy who provided the voice of the Winter Warlock in the animated Christmas classic, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I'm sure we've all seen that. Uh, he died in 1986. He, he had a career of about 40 plus years. He spent a lot of it, at least toward the end, 
In 70s and 80s TV shows, he even earned an Emmy nomination for Policewoman in 1978. So he was a very successful actor. So as they're making their way through the the caves, the underground caves, trying to find the one-eyed Willie ship, a big scene is when they move the big giant Uh, boulder out of the way. God put that rock there for a reason. Exactly. (laughs) So, and you know, you hear like something down there, what's going on? And then they move the rock and all of a sudden like bats just went, started flying out of there. Rabies, rabies. Ah. So the way they they did that scene, the bats that come out of the cave and eventually up and out of the fireplace at the Fratelli's restaurant, they were made of crumpled black pieces of crepe paper that were shot out of an air cannon. Amazing. Yeah. Obviously, they had some rubber bats, too, for like the the close-ups in front of their faces and stuff. But yeah, very cool. Yeah, brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Brilliant. Again. No bats were harmed in the making of this movie. Exactly. Mainly because Ozzy Osbourne wasn't on the set. Oh. And, you know, seeing that bat scene every time, I just get the heebie-jeebies every time I see a bat scene. And I, like, I'm brushing at my own hair to get them out. When don't you get the heebie-jeebies when you see (laughs) bats, honestly? It's not exactly like seeing a puppy. Right, exactly. They're not exactly warm and cuddly. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) When you're a director on a movie like this, it's probably uh, extra challenging because you're working with mainly a cast of kids. There's, you know, there's adults in the movie, too, but it's most of the time it's the kids. Core scenes are the kids. Exactly. He said he was a confirmed bachelor. Oh, wow. At that stage in his life. Okay. But he really felt fatherly towards the kids. I mean, kids, obviously the attention span is going to be a little lacking mm-hmm. and this and that. Corralling them. Corralling them, exactly. <laughs> uh, Don't play with the props! Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I'm such a Richard Donner myself, I know. <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're a little prettier, though. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, we're going off the rails, people. So Ooh, another Aussie reference. Oh, jeez. Oh! <laughs> So, you know, Steven Spielberg obviously has done his share of projects where kids were involved. Of course, right. the biggest one is E.T. Exactly. He was the uh, producer on the movie. He actually did direct at least one scene in this movie. He did. Uh, they don't say in the in the notes which scene it was, but he was involved in a director's capacity in at least one scene. But anyway, oh. so anyway. Richard Donner said in an interview that um, Spielberg had instructed the cast members to act kind of cold and distant toward him on the last week of filming, which Donner was kind of puzzled by because he had developed this rapport with the kids during the filming sure, of the movie. Yeah. Shortly after filming Wrapped, Donner went to his beach house in Hawaii. So he ran into a neighbor who took up his entire day. You know, sometimes you just get oh, involved. Oh, yeah, catch up. And, yeah, yeah, especially if you haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. And so he finally gets home and the entire cast is there to celebrate with the cookout. <laughs> so the whole time it was kind of like this ruse. Yep. Spielberg flew them over to Hawaii on the promise that they not speak a word of the surprise to Donner. And that's why they were acting cold to him. Yep. The interesting thing about the movie, too, is that all the Goonies are, for the most part, referred to by nicknames. There's a couple of mentions of their full names or their real names in the movie, if you if you pay attention carefully. Right, right. So here are the real names of the characters that are barely mentioned in the movie. So Mikey, of course, is Michael, Michael. Walsh. Mm-hmm. Mouth is Clark Devereaux. Data's real name is Richard Wang or Wang. What do you think? Wang. Wang? Yeah. I've actually heard W-A-N-G pronounced Wang. Too. Really? I think so. I think that's the Wang way to say it. <laughs> 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 so Brandon Walsh is referred to as Brand. Brand, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Cohen is Chunk. Andy's full name is Andrea Teresa Carmichael. Oh, that's a fancy, that's a very fancy name. Uh, Steph is Stephanie Steinbrenner. No relation to the Yankees family. <laughs> and Sloth's real name was Lotney Fratelli. Lotney. Yikes! I never remember hearing them say that. Ever. No, they never do. I don't think. It's th- just I think like he's a little-known fact kind of thing. Exactly. 
one of the great things about uh, the character of Data. Oh, he's so cute, and he has all those cool inventions. Yeah. By the way, same actor who played Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple right. of Doom. One of the gadgets that he has is, wait, slick shoes. Slick shoes. Slick shoes. <laughs> so he pulls a couple of uh, cords on his belt or his chest or <laughs> yeah. whatever, and his, his, uh, the heels of his shoes pop open, mm-hmm. and you know what looks like oil is... is Shot all yeah. over the, the log, yeah. so the Fratellis will slip and yeah. bust their nuts. Yeah. So the oil substance that shot out of Data's slick shoes was actually made of glycerin, water, and food coloring. Okay. So uh, it was not a biohazard. Oh. So that's good, right? They're so environmentally responsible. <laughs> exactly. That's great. We're jumping all over the place, and I yeah, apologize. Yeah. Going back to the scene where we're talking about when Chunk confesses all that stuff to the Fratellis. Right. At one point during that scene, he's uh, he's eating ice cream. <laughs> Yeah. So he's eating the ice cream and then like the you know, Jake Fratelli steals the ice cream, like pulls it from his hands and then and then he has like he still has the, like the plastic the little spoon bit on in his mouth. Spoon. And then and then uh, Jake takes the spoon out of his mouth, yanks it out of his mouth, and, and then he starts crying. Sobbing. Well in that scene, if you if you pay attention really carefully, you can hear Richard Donner giggling off camera. I've never noticed it because I'm giggling so much in that scene. Exactly. Just it's funny. Chunk's face and the hoo loss of the ice cream and that's big that's big when you're chunk it is i mean let's face it you survived the scene with this with the stiff yeah exactly (laughs) but it's funny because the ice cream well food in general is the thing that that he and sloth bond over that's right they uh first the baby baby ruth Ruth? yeah Yeah, he throws the baby baby ruth to him and he hits him in the head and bounces (laughs) off him (laughs) and then he can't reach even hungrier than i am exactly but then eventually when they find the freezer full of ice cream. Oh, yeah. And uh, Sloth is like, Rocky Road. Rocky Road. <laughs> so good. How do you smell ice cream? You got to be a kid. Oh, you got to be Chunk. Yeah, you yeah. Know, maybe that's that's like an extra sense he has, you know? Yeah. So um, there's a couple of crew members that have uh, little parts in the movie, too. Oh, that's always cool. So Jenny Lou Tungend, who was assistant to uh, Richard Donner, has a small role as Data's mom. Oh, nice. The director of photography, Nick McLean, plays Mouse Father. Second Unit's first assistant director, Newt Arnold, plays one of the men in the shower at the Astoria Country Club. Not sure if he was the one with the soap on the rope, though. The film's stunt coordinator, George Robotham, plays the guard at the county jail. And Richard Donner himself has a cameo. He That's plays right. uh, one of the sheriff's department guys on the quads toward the end of the movie. So uh, I think that about wraps up the Goonies. I know. I could sit here and talk about it all day. I know. I know there's probably uh, somebody listening right now going, what? How can you not talk about such and such? Well, guess what? If you feel that way, if we miss something, by all means, tell us about it. Tell us what your favorite parts of the Goonies are and what your favorite thing about the podcast is. Yeah. Email screenfacts at yahoo.com. And also, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. It helps other people find us, so please do that. And also, you can check out my website, jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast. You can get uh, information about all the places that you can download and listen to the podcast, as well as information about Screen Facts t-shirts. We got another classic 80s comedy coming your way next week. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Honey, thanks so much again for being uh, with me here. I love doing this with you. It's Thank always you fun. for having me back. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Join us again next Wednesday for more Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Bye-bye.